Well, welcome. Very glad you tuned in this morning. Uh, this is 89.1 FM Radio, Lorain, Ohio, and that's at WNZN. I'm very happy, like I said, that you, you tuned your radio station to this program this morning. I think we have an interesting show. We've actually had a series of guests that we had in the past weeks and uh, looking forward even into the near future. So I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Hey, Jan. Great to be here with you today. Good to be here. Yeah, Beautiful day. it sure is. And um, an interesting topic, I think, for the listeners. And if you're having a problem uh, with hearing this show clearly or if there's any static, you can just, if you can, go to your computer, www.wnzn.org. That's www.wnzn.org. And you will be able to live stream it. And th- that will be clear, I guarantee. And so uh, what I want to look at today is... This issue of light and darkness, uh, sight and blindness, and also what control or what influence Mm -hmm. does the devil have in the lives of unbelievers, in the lives of believers? We know he's the prince of darkness. We know he wants to keep people in darkness. But I wanted to look at it from a Bible point of view. And I'm going to open with this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Uh, through five. Now, while I'm doing this is that a lot of people really don't understand uh, the strategy of the devil, how he wants to keep people in darkness, but the grace of God and the love of God compels us to come out of darkness and come into the light and walk into the light. And we're going to see in a moment that Jesus indeed is the light of the world. But if you look at, I'm in 2 Corinthians Mm -hmm. chapter 4, verse Three um, through four, right. three and four, just two little verses. Sure. <clears throat> and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, so now we see a lot in this <clears throat> two verses. Number one, that our gospel can be veiled. In other words, you put a veil over something, you can't see it. And um, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Mm -hmm. Now, perishing means separated from God. Mm -hmm. You know, there's only two Mm -hmm. people, people that have life and people that are perishing. That's why it'll say in John 3.16, you always see that football games enough, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the idea there, perishing, means to be judged or to cut off and to go into a Christless eternity. But God doesn't want that. God is not willing that any Mm -hmm. should perish, but that all may come to the knowledge and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So let's look at this. Yeah, It says veiled. Well, what's veiled? Well, verse 4 says uh, the minds. The mind. That's where the real issue is, the mind. Mm -hmm. That's why people can live their whole life and never think about God one time. Never think about Jesus, never think about the gospel. Um, But notice what he calls Satan there, verse 4. The God of this age. Now we're going to look at some of his titles. Small g. Yeah, (laughs) he's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the prince of this world. Um, He's going to call the father of all lies. He's he's called a murderer in John chapter 8. But here he's called, the God of this age has blinded. Mm -hmm. That's a very important thing. Who's put this veil over? Satan is is part of this process. And people don't realize this. They might think, no, I'm I'm, uh, uh, educated. I'm a modern person. I'm not blinded. But they are blinded. You see, because they don't think they're blinded, they are even more blinded. We're going to see that in a moment. It says, they are blinded. Um, From what? From the light. See, there comes this idea of the light. The light of what? The gospel. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should do what? Shine. Should shine in them. There you have darkness and light, Satan and Christ, and the idea that God wants us to be walking in the light. Now, if if you go out on noonday and Mm -hmm. you're walking in the light, uh, you can see rather clearly. Mm -hmm. You're not going to trip on the curb. Mm -hmm. But if you turn your back on the light, Mm -hmm. you're walking in shadow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're walking in darkness. And that's why the Bible says, turn from your sin. What, what the Bible calls repent. Mm-hmm. Turn from darkness, turn towards the light, and then walk in the light. 
Yeah. So it's very clear. Right. I know you have something to share on that, David. Well, you know, I do, but it, it's it's really hard to uh, to do this sometimes, especially um, you know when you're focused on the world, the earthly world, mm -hmm. and the material world. It's really hard to to pull yourself sometimes away and focus on on the light. Yeah. Right. You know, the light of Christ, um, and so. Uh, I think I think really the you know the the key for for me is the fact that once you see the light and how much it fulfills you in so many areas of your life, it's a lot easier to walk away from the darkness. Yeah. But until you get to that point, it is a real challenge because you're locked up in the monotonies of every day, your schedule, your electronic devices. Uh, you know the fact that. Uh, you just don't feel you have the time to understand truly uh, what being on, you know, centered on Christ is all about. Right. So I, I think, you know, it, it's tough, John. It's tough to just turn your back and move forward. It, it's really a process of various steps to get there and surrounding yourself with fellow believers. Right. Because if you do get the word uh, and you get just a little snapshot of it, it can be lost quickly. Satan will just snatch it away. And that's why it's important to be around believers. You know, uh, I was always taught you want to be around people where you want to be in the future mm -hmm. so that those are the people you surround yourself with. And I think it's true, especially when you're when you're dealing with, uh, you know, trying to uh, get into into the light and become a good Christian. Yeah. Right. And, and sharing the gospel. Yeah. We're literally sharing a word that that, that if you will. That seed of the word mm -hmm. has, contains light, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because, again, before we come to Christ, we're in darkness. And that's why the yeah. great apostle Paul, he, he was religious. He was a rabbi. Mm -hmm. But he was persecuting the church. He was in mm -hmm. really dark. His heart was darkened. And when God knocks him to the ground, remember Jesus yes. knocks him to the ground yeah. and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? And he, he was like a blinding light. And he would be, he would be literally blinded for three days. Right. And then he's going to see. But this is what Jesus tells him to do yeah. in Acts twenty six. Um, Paul's given his testimony, and he says this in Acts twenty six verse fourteen. He says, "When we all had fallen to the ground, this is when they're on their way to Damascus to persecute the church. I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you mm -hmm. persecuting me? Yeah. Now th notice this." Jesus was long gone. He had ascended to heaven. Who was Saul persecuting? Christians. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't say, why are you persecuting my children? He says, why are you persecuting me? That tells you yeah. that the relationship Christians have with yes. Jesus is welded together. Right. So if you persecute Christians, mm -hmm. it's like persecuting. Yeah. It's really interesting oh, what's yeah. going on here. Right. He says, so I said to him, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He repeats it. But then he commissions him. He says, now notice this. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness to both the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Now notice this. Mm -hmm. To open their eyes in order to turn them from what? Darkness, Darkness to light. To light yeah. From the power of Satan to God that they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Mm -hmm. Notice this. Mm. Before we come to Christ, our eyes are closed. Yeah. Okay? Once we come to Christ, we turn, remember what I said earlier, turn from darkness yes. to light, from power of mm -hmm. Satan to God. And then look at all these benefits. Yep. Forgiveness of sins, inheritance, and sanctification. In those little verses right there, yeah. it says so much. It sure does. And a lot of people think, well, I just want to be more religious. I yeah. want to go to church. I want to try to give to the yep. poor. These are all good things. But there's a big difference because, again, Paul was a very religious man, right? Yes. But but he, 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 needed, he needed to be born again. He needed the lights to go on, if you will. Same thing in John chapter 3. When Nicodemus comes to Jesus, a religious man, yeah, right. moral probably, a yeah. teacher, a rabbi, mm -hmm. Jesus says the first thing, you must be born again. In other words, think about that. Before you're born and you're yeah. in darkness, right? Even in the physical, you're in the mother's womb. You're in darkness. And all of a sudden you come out into the right. light. Yeah. So it's like being born again. Right. Prior to that, we're in darkness. 
And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we come into the light. Yeah. We can, you might say the lights go on. I mean, it happened in your life. It happened in my life. Yes. Here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to think through what is the best way to convey when those uh, blinders come off, John, to the masses, some of these unbelievers that are listening now. How do we convey what we've been through and what we walk through so that they understand, I guess, the power yeah. of taking those blinders off and taking the steps to the light? It's like anything else. You know, sometimes when you're in the dark, you're paralyzed. Yeah. You, you, you can't stand up and walk forward. You see the light, but you feel you're too weak to get to it. Yeah, right. No, you're, what, what, How do we get them up so they can get to the light? Well, yeah, like in my own case, right. um, I was blind spiritually. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even though I, I was interested in spiritual things, right. you know, I'd been raised mm -hmm. in a church. And when I was overseas during the Vietnam War, I got interested in Eastern religions and this. Right. So I was blinded <clears throat> spiritually. Right. And all my friends were blinded. Right. So we were like the blind leading the blind. Okay. I'm serious. <laughs> that was the same for me. Okay. So <laughs> one clear. day, yeah. 1975, people sat down with me and they right. kind of walked me through the Bible using the book of Romans right. to show, look, you're in darkness, you're in sin, you, you've turned your back on God, but he, he's bringing you. He, he loves you. He wants right. you to come to him. What must I do? Repent. Repent means to turn. In the army, yeah. we call that about face. Right. Turn from the darkness to the light. Okay. Be, turn from your sin. Okay. Repent. Number two, receive. As many as received him, to them he gave mm -hmm. it to become a child of God. That's in, in John chapter one. Mm -hmm. And then, then I, I was fellowshipping. Now I was no longer with right. people who were like me, yeah. blind. Yeah. Now I'm with people who have light, and then I fellowship with them, and their light helped my light, so to speak. Their spirituality helped my spirituality, and then I got into the Word of God. That's why Peter will say, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk mm -hmm. of the Word. Okay, Because it says in Psalms, mm -hmm. the entrance yeah. of thy Word giveth light. Yeah. There's something to the Word of God that puts light in you. Right. Oh, see? So nourishment, nourishment, it's yeah. nourishment, it it's really light, is. it's a compass, yes. it's all these <clears> things. <throat> yep. So this is where I see a lot of people fail. When they come to Christ, they don't get the sincere milk of the word. They don't get in fellowship. Yes. They don't get the word of God. And they're, they're I'm not saying they're not saved, but their growth is stunted. Yeah. And God wants that word of God to be planted so deep in you with understanding that you're going to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold, which means basically you're going to have a flourishing Christian life. Whatever your profession, career, age, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying you're going to start becoming more Christ-like. You're going to be sharing with others. You're going to have a heart for others. You're going to have an you're going to hate sin. You yeah. want to get sin out of your right. life. So all of this is walking in the light to your question, David. And, you know, John, um, I just want to read something here. Uh, it says, you know, all humans have a supernatural enemy one of the most sobering facts about life is that all humans have a supernatural enemy whose aim is to use pain and pleasure to make us blind, stupid, and miserable forever. Mm. The Bible calls him the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world, the accuser, Revelation 12, 9-10, the ruler of this world, John 12-31, and as you said, the God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4-4. Four, four. It is so important to have that word deep uh, in your being to give you strength to mm -hmm. go up against this enemy because whether we want to be or not the minute we wake up we're at war yeah yeah because you've been set free right so <clears throat> not only you've been so you set, need this yeah yeah not only you've been set free but as right. you grow in Christ, in a sense, you've got keys. Yes. And there's people in prison. Right. And you got the keys to unlock their cell door. That's absolutely correct. And so, yeah. And and what Satan's going to do, and, and he's done this with me prior to me surrounding myself with, with you as my mentor, and then, you know, being under a church umbrella, a strong church umbrella, a Bible teaching church um, with, with fellow uh, men around is, you know, he roams around like a lion, you know, and he's going to look for the weak. Mm. It's, the, it's the same visual you see in the wild where the lion will look for, you know, a, a weak, you know, baby hippo oh, yeah. or a baby giraffe where it leaves the pack. Right. It's the same here for us with him and our world. 
the oh, human yeah. world outside of the animal world, it's a great, great visual for us to think about. Well, I used to see this yeah. right in everyday life when we lived in northern Thailand, right, uh, in a village, and outside, mm-hmm. um, what well, was a town actually? But they would run these shepherd boys would run these goats, a big herd of goats. I don't know, maybe a hundred. Yeah. And we'd see them. They go right in front of our house down this path. Right. And um, the shepherd yeah. and a couple shepherds were up front. But you'd look and you'd see these wild dogs yeah. come out of the fields, mm-hmm. and they'd start like coming closer and closer to the flock. Right. And then you'd see these weaker ones or these little playful goats would be eating grass and they're getting separated yeah from the shepherd and the flock yes. and then what yes. the wild dogs would do they right. start closing the circle <laughs> okay trying to yeah. separation and then every time this would happen we yeah. watch it you see these little shepherd boys come back with their slingshots yes and they sling and they stone yeah. the dogs go yep, yep and yep. they run away but yeah. to your point we have to stay close in fellowship with the flock other believers, as well as the shepherd. Yes. And there's protection there. Exactly right. So, you know, it clearly says Jesus is the light of the world. We're going to look at the... Uh-huh. But why don't people come uh, to to the light? Here's what it says in Scripture. Um, in, in, in John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. When are most crimes committed? At night. In darkness. Yeah, in darkness. In darkness. Early morning. But I mean, the, to the, the point being here, the light has come into the world, but men love darkness. That's a very important point. And I've known people that really get an understanding of the gospel, but they've told me they don't want to leave their lifestyle. They don't love. They they love their sin. I, I think that's more it, John, because it's a comfortable lifestyle, and sometimes it's a numbing lifestyle, which really doesn't get you. It is hard to be alone with your. It's hard to be alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. And so, if you don't know the Lord, and if you're not centered on Christ, when you're alone with your own thoughts, that's when the enemy comes in. He is there all the time, trying to get between the two ears mm-hmm. to get to your brain to put thoughts in your brain to tell you you're not good enough, to tell you you're failing here, to talk about your bad relationships. That's that's the issue. When you are centered on Christ and you're in the world, you will see it's like having headphones on yeah. with glorious music. Yeah. That blocks it out, yeah. which allows you to be with your own thoughts, which allows you to put down the dope stick or the alcohol or whatever it is. Sure. You know, it, I, I'm not saying that, you know, having a glass of wine every now and then is bad. Uh, there's some health benefit to it, it, it you know, and whatnot. And I, I drink some wine. Uh, but the, the point is, is that's the hard part, is getting away for the normalcy. The, you, you're in your comfort zone when mm-hmm. you get into the, those habits. Right. You have to form a new habit, which is being in the Word. And it's hard at first. But then you run for it yeah, sure. when you realize what it's actually doing in your life. Isn't mm-hmm. that how you felt? When you started well, reading more of the Word, you started getting around more people, yeah. you, you got their testimonies about what was happening in their life. Oh, so yeah. all of a sudden you had a couple pieces of bread on your path, you know, breadcrumbs, uh-huh. you're following the path, and then all of a sudden it's just falling out of the sky where you're talking to all these people and they're telling you all their great stories about yeah. how God has affected them and influenced them in their life and their families' lives. And for me, that really drove me to run to the light yeah, and stay in the light. Exactly right, David, because remember this, God is our Heavenly Father. He is yeah. for us. Right. Just like we as earthly fathers, right. we are for our uh-huh. children. We want to see them grow up. Mm-hmm. We want to see them be fully uh, mature, physically, scholastically, career-wise, right. spiritually. Right. Yeah. So, too, how much more so is God interested in our development he is for us he is not against mm-hmm. us where some people think he's always looking for us to to mess up or something but it says in the scripture the entrance of your word gives light i think that's a very important point. that is so important yeah thanks for bringing that up let me Jen. just give you this yeah. quote uh entrance of your word gives light and that's why yeah. the more of the word of god you get in uh, the more light you have inside you you know and it'll increase 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 but the problem is in our day of this uh, social media, we spend so much yeah. time. Here's what it says. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light, 
it gives understanding to the simple. Mm -hmm. So the more mm -hmm. you allow God's word, this 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 book is like no other book in the world. Yeah. It, it's just call it strange, call it mysterious, call it life giving, call it. Um, it's uh, it's arguably one of the oldest books ever in the world. Right. You go back to yeah. the, the first five books in the Book of Job, and it's been the most uh, translated, the most loved, the most hated, the most criticized. Fill in the blank, mm -hmm. but it's not going anywhere. Jesus said, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever." This thing is the biggest bestseller in the world today at this Christmas season. It just is, okay? But people also hate it. Yeah. You know. So what does that tell you about the book? And I always tell the people, I said, think, think of your most favorite book growing up. Right. You know, maybe you read it in high school, maybe yeah. you read it in college, uh -huh. whatever. How many times can you read that book and reread that book again? Two, three, maybe four times. But how many times can you read the Bible? You never get tired of it because it's a living word. And every time you read it, it's doing something inside you. Right. You know, and, and so I love that fact that uh, Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your word gives light. Which shows, you know, the universe was created with Jesus uh, speaking it yeah. into life. Yeah, right. And so, you know, I, I think that's also the important thing we have to do as Christians. And I don't do this all the time by any stretch because my my human side comes in mm -hmm. at times when I have when I have bitterness to other people but it's how we speak to them yeah and it, I think the only way people can see a difference from Christians and unbelievers is how we walk and how we speak that's it right and you know if those two things are lost or if we you know show our human side uh, where where we're not, you know, doing those things to the best of our ability, that's when they say, well, what good is being a Christian? Look at that guy. He yeah. claims to be a Christian. Okay, sure. And so, you know, that's not lost on me, and that's tough. That's why that's why you need other people, um, and I need you and, you know, um, our church and, you know, everything to, to kind of stay on that strong footing because there's times where you just want to go to your old self and uh, and just say whatever you want to people, how you feel and your emotions. Right. And I think that's where we're pushing out darkness. So especially in today's times, we've got to be the light. We have to be positive and we have to let everybody know that, you know, you're under a hedge of protection in many ways when you become uh, a child of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are. A, you it doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. Yeah. To you, right. All right. Jesus said you know, you will have trouble in this world before he, he left, but um, it just means that you'll be able to weather the storm, regardless of what the storm is. Yeah, plus the word is a light unto our path, yeah. a lamp unto our feet. Right. So it shows us how to live life, how to guide our steps, how to right. live righteously. Here's what it says in Isaiah 42. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Right. I will keep you and I will make you a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. That's us, right? Yeah. Well, to open right. the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from dungeon <clears throat> those who sit in darkness. Right. So this is a this is written six hundred years before Jesus mm. comes, but it clearly says here, you are gonna be a light for the Gentiles. Right. Now if Jesus isn't the light of the world, why is so many Gentiles, that is to say non Jewish people, coming to Christ today. And why is it that, like you said, or I said, that our eyes were blind, but now they're open? Exactly. Nothing that we've done. Right. It's just simply turning to Christ. And then it says, yeah. he set the captives free from prison and those that are in dungeon that sit in darkness. Before we come to Christ, we may have a comfortable life and we might be prosperous, but we're still in darkness. We are. And that's why you see really successful, famous people, their lives don't end well. Yeah. You know, multiple divorces yeah. or this suicides and, uh, drug abuse and uh, alcoholism right. searching for mm -hmm. this and searching for that well you know we, we, even when you achieve all that this world has in your mind and you've achieved all your goals you're still empty yeah you're empty without the lord i mean so if you can do a balance where you you put that into your life you know uh, we were out together last night and we were walking and you said to me you know, Dave, it doesn't matter what profession we're in. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a missionary, you're sure, an entrepreneur, sure, sure. Right, you right. know, there's a doctor who's in our group, uh, another, yeah, you know, right. so it doesn't matter what you do for a career, but you can still push, uh, you can still push 
your Christian faith and help others come to the Lord. Oh, I mean, yeah. we watched the movie on, on C.S. Lewis and his life, and he was still a professor at Ox, Oxford teaching classical English, study, yeah. right? And yet he wrote all these books, apologetics, that really influenced Christianity in yeah. many areas. Yeah, some are more at a higher level. Like right. I always think of Tom Landry, the coach of the Cowboys back right. in the day. He was a very good coach, but he was a very strong believer, mm -hmm. and he could share that testimony. And, but then again, somebody might be a, a, a janitor at a junior high school. Yeah. He can still glorify God and be a tremendous influence. Right. It doesn't matter yeah. who we are, where we are. It's God, God can take 12 fishermen and a tax collector and like a small business owner and he can transform the world with them. Literally. And, you know, and that's an excellent point. So the other thing we have to remember is Satan will tempt you regardless of who you are. I mean, he tempted Jesus. You know, you look at Matthew 4, 1 to 11, when he unsuccessfully tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness for those 40 days and asked, you know, tried to get him off to abandon the path of suffering and obedience, oh, yeah. which would have, you know, which changed... Uh, our trajectory and now is giving us eternal life. That's uh -huh. the other thing to remember is he's going to come after you regardless of who you are or what you do uh -huh. um, or how safe you think you are. Uh, you, regardless of how much money you have or fame, See, he's you out, are not yeah. free from it. Look, yeah. here's, here's what Jesus says to Peter in, uh, in Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, that's Peter's name, uh -huh. Indeed, Satan has asked for you yeah. that he might sift you as wheat. Right. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Well, what does this tell us? It tells us a lot. Yeah. Number one, Satan is not all powerful. Yes. He he he's, God limits him. He gives him. But if you give place to the devil, then that's another issue. But he's asked for you. Why? He wants to slice and dice you. He wants to rob, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you. This is the thing. We can pray for people that are in bondage. We can pray for ourselves for protection. Well, then he says this, yeah. that your faith should not fail. And when you get strong, when you convert, mm -hmm. strengthen your brethren. Now look at this. Hmm. When Jesus says later on after the trans, he says, who do you say that I am? Who do men say? They say, you're Elijah, you're John. But he says, who do you say that? He says, thou art the Christ, the yeah. son of the living God. Right. Then Jesus says, the son of man must be delivered up, handed over to the Gentiles, right. crucified. What does Peter say? No. It, Far be right. it from you. Yes. And then Jesus says what? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Right. right. Do you understand yeah. how Satan was getting? Yeah. But that's why it would be Peter, <laughs> under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, yeah. that will say, the devil, your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking him whom he might devour. Well, he had yeah. personal experience. Mm -hmm. That's why he's given us warning two thousand years later. Well, you, you bring up a very uh, complicated point, and you know, even when you think about what happened to Job, uh, the Lord said to Satan, "Behold, Job is in your hand; only spare his life." Right, and that was in Job two six. Uh, it is really hard to understand that God is sovereign over Satan and that the devil does not have a free hand in this world. He's on a leash and he can only do, he can't do any more than God permits. Uh, so he has to get God's permission. And that is a tough concept. Uh, it, just in the sense that I think, isn't that why a lot of people get angry at God because of stuff that goes on in the world? They might not understand that God has that control over satan mm -hmm. they just think satan's off on his own you know he's in charge of his own destiny he's free to do whatever he wants mm -hmm. which is not true mm -hmm. so so how do we how do we talk about that i mean how do we uh explain that to to the listeners uh, you know about in a lot of cases you know i think i think the easiest thing to understand is we can't understand as you just told me before the show too we can't understand what's going on in the spiritual right, realm. Right. Uh, you know, our, our knowledge base is limited and we don't know the impact of something happening. Why did COVID happen around the globe? Who knows? Maybe there's there's something else we don't see or don't have access to or our minds can't get around. But what? how, how do you explain this? Well, now? yeah, a couple of things here, David. Number yeah. one, we always have to remember we're finite. Right. It means we're very limited. Okay. Yeah. Number two, God is infinite. Right. He's got a big plan. Mm -hmm. yeah. We kind of think just in our terms, mm -hmm. human terms on this planet. Well, 
there's a lot more going on than this planet. Yeah. You know, God is, 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 right. is doing something. And part of that is with the spirit realm, mm-hmm. which we call angels, demons, Satan, and the demonic. And we don't understand it. We have limited knowledge, like we're looking at these different attributes or characteristics of Satan. But what we do see here in the uh-huh. scripture is what God gives us the protection against the enemy. True. You know, he gives us, we'll study uh-huh. a little bit more about this. But he says here, well, I prayed for you, Peter. Well, we can pray. Uh, he prays in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. Mm-hmm. He says to his heavenly father, Father, do not take them out of the world, that is to say believers, but keep them from the evil one. So that tells us we can pray. It says in Ephesians 6, we can put on the whole armor of right, God. Right. It says when we have the Holy Spirit, greater is he that's in mm-hmm. you than he that's in the world. My point being, these are the cards we're dealt. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> this is our life on this planet. Right as revealed through God's word. Why is Satan there and what God's end time program is? Why is there pain and suffering in the world? We don't know all these things. All we know is God is working all things out for his purpose. He's bringing everything down the road. In the end, Satan's going to be cast into the depths of the fires. You know, in in Revelation, it says into the pit of Mm -hmm. hell. So, but right now, Mm -hmm. right here, and I didn't know this before, that I was blinded. I was under the control of the enemy. I was just bumping into stuff and yeah. just living on my own life. And he was on like mm-hmm. a marionette. Like yeah. It says that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. So he's got that control. But once we come to Christ, those strings are cut. He no longer has that kind of control mm-hmm. over a believer. But we then have to be smart and get the Word of God. Like, I'll show you. All right, look at, I'll show you the strategy. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 for a moment. Just show you his strategy and how God has given us uh, uh, tools or weapons to use against uh, him. Two He's, Corinthians. Now look at look what it says in Second um, um, Corinthians, yep. chapter two. Mm-hmm. Look at verse ten. Okay. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive, and what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for okay. your sake. Okay, stop there. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgive this fellow that was put out of the church. Now he's repented. Let's everybody forgive him and bring him back in. That's the backstory, right? Mm-hmm. But look at verse 11. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Notice this yeah. now. So what's his strategy? He wants bitterness. He wants there you us go. to have broken relationships. And for, he yeah. Now look at this. Yeah. We, see, we we the unbelievers don't know this, but right. we do. Yeah, Satan's got a strategy. Right. If you know the enemy's strategy, you can pre-plan. Mm. If you had the playbook, mm-hmm. when the Buckeyes played Michigan, yeah. if you had Michigan's playbook, well, you can adjust your defense. You know, you, right. you you can win the game. My point being that God shows us. One of the ways Satan gets his foot in the door is through unforgiveness. Yes. Thinking of how many marriages are broken oh, up, yeah. how many families destroyed, churches Friendships split, lost. Friendships. Yeah. What does he want to come do? Rob, kill, kill and destroy. And destroy. Yeah. So what's our prevention? Forgive. Right. Have a tender heart. Mm-hmm. Do you see how this stuff works? Yeah. We get these tools. We can put them in our bag. Yeah. I'll show you another one. Yeah. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Um yeah, I think it's okay. Look at Ephesians chapter four, and look at verse um, look at verse twenty five and twenty six. I'm just going to show yeah, you instructions sure. here. Okay. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Okay, stop. So here he's talking about tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Don't lie. Mm-hmm. Don't be angry at, you know, this is a real serious anger issue, right? Mm-hmm. And if you do get angry, settle it quickly. Look at verse 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. There you go. Yeah, another door. Now there's yeah, another place we can, right. we can shore up. Yeah, that's, man. You see what I'm saying, Dave? Yeah. We can look at these things and we can shut these doors because we know uh, we're equipped. Uh, it, true. But, John, I'll say it again. I think the... The way that I started to walk down this path, and again, I am not perfect at this by any stretch, but I've definitely changed a ton in the last eight years. It is good to see when you do bite your tongue (laughs) 
and you're not going to say something that you normally would have said to give him a foothold, you'll see the blessings you get on the other side in some way, but you have to be awake to see the sign that he's saying, good job. Yeah, right. Good job, true and faithful servant. Now keep doing that, and you'll you'll get more gifts. You'll get more uh, uh, light, and your eyes will be open to more things. It's it's amazing how it works. Well, it uh, works. It, you know, and it's very hard to articulate uh, to an unbeliever, just in the sense that you, you know there's all these little stories and tidbits that you can tell someone if you're around them, and and you have these stories to tell. Um, the best way I can tell you is when you start to follow the program of closing the doors and locking them yeah, right. to keep the enemy out of your life the best you can. And it's a daily battle. It's a minute battle. Every minute of every day, you know, you have thoughts come in. It's a constant grind. So that's why Jesus always said, um, you know, let tomorrow worry about itself. Just worry about today. Right. Uh, you know, so that you have the strength to deal with whatever you're going to deal with today. But th- this is so true. And when you um, don't fight back or don't do tit for tat, yeah, right. You you can't believe some of the benefits you get. Oh, there's uh, a lot out of, of it. Benefits. There's so many things you get. Well, and you the put- other thing is, it's easier to sleep. You, you know, so you're not attacked at night too for stuff you've said. Mm-hmm. And when your anger builds, that bitterness destroys you in the end, oh. not the person you're angry with. Oh, it's a terrible thing, yeah. bitterness. Here's the thing, like you said about words, angry yeah. words. My friend said this. Remember this. Yeah. The tongue is set in a slippery place. Mm-hmm. Bite your tongue so it doesn't bite others. Bite your tongue so it doesn't bite others. Yeah. Because you never get in trouble for words you don't speak. True. But to, when you start seeing this strategy... Mm-hmm. And preventive defense mechanisms. Yeah. You're going, oh, okay. Right. If it happens, at least you know how it, why it happened. Well, whereas people that don't know the word of God, they're not walking like they don't know any of this stuff. Look, last week, yeah, three people got shot in Westlake, Ohio. Right. Yeah. We don't know. There's an argument right. or suicide. Right. Something happened there. Right. That this relationships hit a level of anger and mm-hmm. wrath mm-hmm. that resulted in three people being mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. did it get to that level? You see what I'm saying? Because it wasn't stopped earlier. I don't know the whole situation, mm-hmm. but probably what happened, it was a lot of anger, bitterness, wrath, words spoken, and then a gun, and boom, boom, boom. And my point being that the Bible says in John chapter 10, 10, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Same verse says, but Jesus came to give life, salvation, and life more abundantly. That's the flourishing Christian life. And, man, we're in it. We've, yeah. I mean, we've always been in it. it. It says in 1 John chapter 5 that the whole world lieth in darkness. Did you ever notice that? It's a very interesting verse. But he says here, he goes, um, verse 18, last, almost last verse in 1 John. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who is born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Do you see what I'm saying? If we walk that sanctified life, verse 18 says, the enemy can't touch you. He he can't find access. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So we're back to what Peter said, 1 Peter 5 to 8. He is our adversary who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to, to devour. But as, as we talked about, those are the weak ones. They're easy targets. When you're in the Word and you're doing the right thing, uh-huh. like God commanded us, you have like armor around you that he'll just move on to the next prey. Yeah. The key I is, mean, that's a way to think about it. The key is to stay under God's right. control. No, right. Stay with Peter, mm-hmm. but look at verse 5 and 6. Right okay. before the things you, you go read ahead about. and read it. Right. I, go ahead. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you, cast all your cares upon him. And then he says, be sober, be vigilant for the adversary, the devil. But the, be, be, how do you know to be vigilant? So, because you're under submitted under God. Yeah. You're humble. Mm-hmm. We get in trouble mm-hmm. when pride gets in. Mm-hmm. Stay with this thought. Mm-hmm. Look at James. Just the next book before that. Look at James chapter 4. 
Okay, look at James chapter 4. Right. And if you look at verse 6 and 7. But give us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you see that? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we're putting all these tools in our tool bag. Yes. All these weapons. uh, We're actually in a very great position. Uh, We're highly resourced people. Christians are highly resourced to fight the Mm -hmm. enemy. But we got to be smart. I mean, he's a real enemy. Don't get me wrong. But nevertheless, you see, now we're learning more Mm -hmm. and more about his strategies. Mm -hmm. So we can start we can start defending against it, you know. Uh, Jesus says in uh, John chapter 12, the prince of this world is coming, but he has no place in me. Right. In other words, he has, what the devil is looking is for his place of entry. Right. So if mm-hmm. even a believer, let's say he's going along, mm-hmm. he's doing real good, but for some reason he gets involved in astrology. Yeah. Or he goes on the internet and he starts getting involved in pornography. Well, that's opening a door. I'm not saying he's going to be demon possessed, but I'm saying he's he's allowing... He's not walking carefully, yeah. what the yeah. Bible calls circumspectly. If you walk along and you see something in the road, you walk around it. and you walk. So you walk. Because just like when we drive a car, if it says caution, slippery road, icy road, bridges out, caution, take detour. If you don't obey those signs, what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to go off a cliff. Absolutely. Gonna, so too, there's a lot of people today going off cliffs and crashing their lives mm-hmm. and it's being destroyed. Because they're not following these signs. But we as Christians have all this really good information. Uh, It's really practical. The Bible is really practical. It is. And, you know, I like this uh, reference that God is a great general (laughs) in this warfare. He can see behind enemy lines and he's talking to us with our walkie-talkie, and yeah. he's given us all the tools. He even gives us, he tells us the strategies of the enemy. Oh, yeah. our, Our nemesis. So... He's telling us how to protect ourselves. He's giving us the tools. He's giving us the armor of God. That's why you have to be in the Word, though. You're not going to get it through osmosis. You have to spend time in the Word. You You have to put time into it to learn the tools of the trade. It's like anything else, man. You're not going to be... You know, getting an engineer uh, PE degree or be getting your MBA in business if you don't put the time in and don't read the materials. So um, it's the same thing, John. But this is the most important book you can have in your life, and it's the most important book you can leave to the generations behind you. Exactly right. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. And I've been an entrepreneur for 40 years, and I can tell you that this book has done more for my family and I than any other book I have read over those 40 years. Yep. I've read almost, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurial books uh, and, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Exactly, David. Yeah. Because, again, this book, this is the only book that claims it's from God. Mm-hmm. All scripture is inspired or God breathed from God himself. Right. It's living. It's mm-hmm. active. It, 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 like I said, it gives light. It mm-hmm. convicts. It encourages. It illuminates. Yeah. It's, it gives you the beginning, how everything began. It shows you how things, are, redemptive history, it's going to come to an end. It shows you what God is like. It shows mm-hmm. you what man is like. Everything is here. Yeah. But like you say, the more we know about our enemy, like in in Genesis 3, the first appearance of the devil yeah. in the Bible, what's the first words out of his mouth? Has God really said? Yeah. You see, he he's not denying the word of God. He's just putting doubt on the word of God. Well, uh, yeah. And, and he also conveyed to uh, to Eve that if she eats this fruit, she'll be like God. Well, then he lied. Yeah, see, right. that's when he goes right. here. Then right. he says, yeah. the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the mm-hmm. midst of the garden, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it. She, she's adding to God's word. He didn't say anything yeah. about touch it. He just said yeah. about eating it. Lest you die. He said you will surely die. Yes. So she's kind of got the word thing mixed up. But why is she even talking to the devil? No kidding. You know, why is she close to that yeah. tree? She has all these other trees, but she's enthralled. Yes. Something that's yeah. the thing about sin. Yeah. It's like a moth to the flame. There's something interesting, it's curious. Then the serpent says, You will not surely die. He starts with doubt and now he's a lie. Yeah. So so we saw this movie on C. S. Lewis and the one thing that he said he couldn't put this book down on the occult. You know, before he became a Christian, it is very intriguing. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, And 
you know, and, and you have to be careful with it because it could mesmerize you. We're always looking for a thrill. Yeah. We're humans. Oh, no. We're always looking for a thrill, regardless of how it comes. It's big time today, right. David. There's yeah. a whole rise in the occult and in, yeah. in all this stuff with uh, uh, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And, and you see it in the media, in the movies. Here's the thing. You know... You know Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, oh, sure. Show? Oh, yeah. They had these really powerful oh, yeah. lions and mm-hmm. that. Well, mm-hmm. what happened one day? Yeah, they got killed. The one guy yeah, killed, just right. almost, almost got beaten. Yeah, yeah. Just about debilitated this poor guy. Yeah. The guy in Australia that used to trap crocodiles all it, he got stung by a stingray because he got too close to the stake. What my point is, exotic animals, dangerous, I would like the occult. Mm-hmm. There are people that, it's curious, people are enthralled mm-hmm. by it. I've ha- I keep it over here in the corner. It's never going to hurt me. I know how to control it. But you're playing with, di- you're you playing are. with something poisonous. Right. And the Bible says, don't be involved with divination. Right. Don't be involved with fortune telling. Don't be involved with astrology. God doesn't do that for our own hurt. He does that for our benefit. But notice these people with these exotic animals. Grizzly Man is another one that went up to Alaska. He thought he could live. He gets eaten by the bear. It's a very interesting documentary. My, that's like sin itself. It's an interesting. It's curious. It's offbeat. It's exotic. Well, this I'm learning these ways to tell fortune. Or we're doing Ouija uh, uh, tarot cards, Ouija boards. It leads. It's dangerous stuff. It dangerous. sure is. And not to your point, C.S. Lewis brought that up. Yes. In his own life, in right. that movie. Yeah. So, again, the Word of God is a light to our path, a lamp unto our feet. And so we can mm-hmm. follow it, and mm-hmm. it tells us to avoid all this stuff. It sure does. I mean, the occult and all those things, they have nothing in comparison to the spiritual power that God gives us through His Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. It, the, the thing we have to remember is that Satan has been defeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil Hebrews 2.14, Christ took on human nature that through death he might destroy him as who has the power of death, that is the devil. Colossians 2.15, God disarmed the principalities and the powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in him. In Mm. other words, the decisive blow was struck at Calvary. That's good, David. That's really good. And we have to remember we've already won the battle but we're still here. Yes. So he's trying to pull us to the other side of the yes. fence and not follow Christ, even though Christ already defeated him. And if you follow Christ, you're going to have eternal life uh, and you're going to be followers and sons of God. You're right. And you're daughters exactly. of God. So you got to remember, uh, you're not fighting this battle in futility. It's... Uh, He's already won. Plus, you're not fighting it alone. I think this right. is very important. Yeah. Number one, Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right. If you're a Christian, yeah. he's not going to leave you. Number two, yeah. you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says yes. clearly, he that is in you is greater. Mm-hmm. Number three, you have the Word of God. Like right. we talked about, we're going to close in a moment. Yeah. But it teaches you. Even this little strategy mm-hmm. we looked out mm-hmm. this morning about anger and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Number, We have each other. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. That we strengthen yeah. each other and like a flock of sheep, staying close together, close mm-hmm. to the shepherd. There's protection. Mm-hmm. Number four, we have the power of prayer. Remember, Jesus says, yes. I pray for you, Peter. So Satan. Right. Number five, and we couldn't get into this morning, but there's something to praise right. and worship. Right. Remember when Saul, King Saul, a mm-hmm. demon would come upon him periodically. He'd act crazy. And he'd call for David. And David would sing psalms. He would sing. And the spirit would lift. There's something very powerful about spiritual music. Now, when we lived in Thailand, some of those places are really like heavy laden with demonic spirits. I mean, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. We would have music going in the home, praise music, hymn music. And it's something to that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so we didn't get into that. I wanted to display all these different uh, uh, tools or weapons at our disposal to live a victorious life. But maybe we'll get into that in another show. Yeah. And we really appreciate, uh, we only have a couple more minutes, uh, people who tuned in this morning. What we've been talking about really is how can we walk in victory? Because the enemy is real and the enemy yes. is Satan. And when I say Satan, I mean Satan and the whole demonic realm. You know, in World War II, when the soldiers went off to fight the, the, the Nazis, they said, we're going to go defeat Hitler. Well, well, that was implied was all these, you know, the troops, the Germans, the, you know, all the uh, Nazis. So too... There's a lot we can understand that the Bible reveals about Satan. There right. is a lot. Mm-hmm. Number one, he's hierarchical. Yeah. There's, there seems to be different kind of 
powers, uh, you know, powers and principalities mm-hmm. in high places. But here's what it says in uh, Colossians, and we're going to start wrapping it up. He says this in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 15, about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Those are, those are angelic, demonic. Yeah. So Jesus is the creator. These are created beings. We must never forget that. These, these are not all powerful. They're limited in their power. We've seen that clearly. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Okay? Then it says that it's about us in verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think of that? Mm-hmm. Darkness has power. And has conveyed us or moved us, you know, this is Exodus language, conveyed us into the kingdom of his son in love. So this is like, remember when the Israelites were in captivity for mm-hmm. 400 years? It was hard under mm-hmm. Pharaoh. They were slaves. And God moved them out of that. We call it the Exodus. But how did he move them? By the blood of the lamb put on the Passover, on the door. And so it says here, he's moved us from the power of darkness to his kingdom. But it says, in whom we have redemption through what? The blood. So see, he's the lamb. But how do we we move out of that darkness Mm -hmm. to light? Through the blood of the lamb. It connects. It's the only way. It connects like that. And that's why we're going to be looking more and more at the connection between these two books, that, Old and that, New Testament. That's the key, though. His sacrifice, uh, God's sacrifice and coming down from uh, eternal bliss to take human form, to die for our sins. If you, What other reason do you need to follow somebody? Exactly right. The, the, you know, the, this is how we're going to get eternal life, and it's the only way we could have corrected what happened in the Garden of Eden. Exactly. It's the only way God could have corrected it. You know, somebody might failed. be listening yeah. right now and what you just said, and we talked about a lot this morning. There's a lot more we can share on this, but the main thing is that Jesus comes to this world. He, comes, he says, I come to this world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Mm-hmm. It says in the yeah. Gospel of Luke that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he, he loves us, you see? Yes. But every day is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Maybe you're listening this morning and you've not made that commitment. Yeah. Or maybe you made a commitment to Christ, but you live on the edge. You have one foot in the right. world and one foot in the kingdom of God. Right. He wants you full in the kingdom so you can experience this power, this love. And he wants to use every one of us. He sure does. You're a businessman. You yeah. know return on yes. investment. Yeah. Well, God has invested highly in all of us. Mm-hmm. He looks for return yes. on investment, which means yes. live a fruitful life, lead others to Christ, yes. disciple, glorify God. So, again, maybe somebody is heard this this morning, I would encourage you to seek out a church in your neighborhood, a Bible-believing church, um, or a friend that you know is really a Christian that knows the Bible and it prays, and and it is the best news. Gospel means good news. There's not better news as we go into this Thanksgiving season. Amen to that. (laughs) We have a lot to be thankful for. We really do. Regardless of what's been going on with COVID. Well, God bless all of you. Thank you for tuning in and God willing, we have a great show next week. I think we're going to have a special guest in here. Oh, that's wonderful. So once again, this is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM. And thank you for tuning in. God bless all of you. Have a great weekend, everybody.